Video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want to watch Hello, it. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all the DVDs and Blu-rays that were released this week. Hell yeah. <laughs> is that your new like tagline? Yeah, yeah. Every time I say that, you can be like, hell yeah. Yeah, you know. Okay, so this week, a lot of stuff, but it's more of a regular week than like uh, yeah, Kino Delirium yeah. last week. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a mix of stuff. I mean, there are still Kino titles. Oh, here, so lots that, of Kino titles. Titles. Oh no, I'm looking at the list and I'm like, I didn't organize them correctly. I'm going to have to go through all of them again. Like uh, Trilogy of Terror is being put out by Keynote 2. two. Trilogy of Terror 2. Because <laughs> they put out Trilogy of Terror yeah, last year. And they're like, time. oh wow, this was very successful. What it do we was, have in yeah. our catalog that we can throw out into the world? Uh, the thing about Trilogy of Terror is that people really remember it only for one short, yeah. the last one. Trilogy of Terror 2, if people remember it, it's for the last short, which yeah. is a sequel kind of to the one from the first one, which is the... Uh, Zuni uh, fetish doll. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Trilogy of Terror, it actually remakes one of Dan Curtis's best anthology segments, uh, Billy, which oh, is okay. from another one, but it's like kind of a half-assed remake in Trilogy okay. of Terror 2. Wait, which one was that in? Uh, I don't remember. It was like Dark yeah. something, Tales from the yeah, Crypt. No, I'm something s- like that. Some Dan Curtis thing. I'm not a Dan Curtis aficionado. No? You haven't watched I do, all of... I do like Tr- Trilogy of Terror a lot. Mm-hmm. I was the gonna first s- one. I haven't seen the second one. But... You haven't watched all of um, Dark Shadows? Dark <laughs> no, we had the big they had a giant box set. How many episodes was it? It was something like forty oh, geez, discs, it's right? Too much, yeah. Well, it was a soap opera. It was yeah, crazy yeah. that it was being put out it was on cool. DVD. And we actually sold like a handful of those sets mm. before it went out of print, and it was like four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. Yeah, there's so much content. I didn't, I, you know, I know someone who bought that set. Oh here. yeah. I bet you it goes for like two thousand oh, dollars so now. Heavy. Yeah. Like people walk it. We couldn't even fit it in the bags. Like, really? Yeah. Okay, it was a pull big coffin, bag, right? Pull your pickup truck in. No one. It was a coffin, yeah. It was a huge monster. No coffin. one watches those. No. Like, no, uh, like so. they bring it home, they put it on their shelf, and they're like, what? I have all of Dark Shadows. Uh, My thing with sets like that, too, is if you get it home and you actually do watch it, and imagine you're watching it over years, and then you get, like, halfway through it, and one of the discs, like, doesn't work. It's, like, <laughs> no! defective. No! What do you do? Or your DVD uh, breaks, and they're like, they don't make DVD players <laughs> yeah. anymore. You're like, No! no! <laughs> This is the true uh, anthology short <laughs> twist. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I do love Burnt Offerings. Though. Oh, Burnt Offerings is so Dan good. Curtis what stuff? about the yeah. Jack Palanza Dracula film I have not that seen Dan that. Curtis directed? <laughs> we do have that here. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. do? Yep. Uh, Sells a lot. I mean, like the other Trilogy of Terror, there's a bunch of special features. There's like, um, I think some interviews, some mm-hmm. commentary on it. So, you know, Kino treats it right. I feel like, are you missing Karen Black in, in the sequel? Yes. Instead, it's uh, Lizette Anthony. Right. And like Trilogy of Terror 1, Lizette Anthony plays the star of each, each short. Segment? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, I mean, Lizette Anthony, I don't know that name. Do you? <laughs> the name definitely sounds familiar. familiar yeah. Maybe just because I read it on the back of the box. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, uh, Kino is also putting out, um, you know, in there, William Bodine, kind of Frankenstein, oh God, yeah. um, Billy the Kid versus Frankenstein, Mold, Zoltan, Hound of Dracula. <laughs> yes. This one is directed by Albert Ban, father right. of Charles Ban, the guy who started Full Mood. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's about a vampire dog. I actually watched <laughs> it this week because oh, yeah? it's one of those ones that, like, I would always see in, like, cult 
books and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I always assumed it was in black and white. It is not. It's <laughs> no. in color. I should have known. It came out in the 70s. Yeah, it's like a late 70s. Story, it does right? start with um, the dog popping out of a coffin and biting somebody on the neck. So I'm like, oh, well. Perfect. It, yeah, it said what it was going to do on the tin. <laughs> but it's an Albert Band film, so it's pretty boring. Okay. Not much happens. Um, the colors are pretty. It's been remastered by Kino. There's commentary on the Blu-ray. So yeah. if you have an affinity for it, then, like, why would you not get this Blu-ray? Exactly, yeah. right. Or if you're curious. I feel like the cover just, like, screams out blind by to people, too. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, the title's the so title good. Alone, Sultan, right? Hound of Dracula. Yeah. I think it's also known as just Dracula's Dog. Yeah, there are yeah. a couple different titles. That <laughs> not, a, not as good a title, <laughs> no, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Mongrel and Lionsgate are putting out Tone Deaf, which is the new film directed by Ricky Bates Jr., yeah. who also made... Uh, okay, so <laughs> American Gothic I like. And uh, okay. I don't suburban gothic. Suburban right? gothic, okay. yeah, that's right. Uh, that's <laughs> I'm like American seen. Gothic, the Sam Raimi TV yeah, show, <laughs> or the slasher film. Was that movie? Yeah, yeah. That 80s movie? Like, he was around back then. Yeah. Wow. wow, suburban gothic. I remember being a little bit disappointed, but I don't like Excision, his first film. I hated Excision. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> wow, yeah, so finally both annoying. of us. Yeah. But suburban gothic, I like how kind of. Um, cheap it feels and okay. listening to the commentary like he was it was a very difficult project and I like the star of it what's his name it's like Matthew Goober uh, Matthew or something Greg like yeah. from uh, uh, Bones See, no, no uh, it was Criminal, Criminal Minds. Minds that's right <laughs> he's the nerdy guy yeah Criminal that's right Minds. Criminal Minds always mm. used to be on TV when I had like basic cable and there was one episode it was like a very special Matthew Gray Goobler episode and it was like all about his character doesn't and, like, he go evil it was, like, on the show it was like a personal vendetta I guess oh so. and, I would yeah. love to be on one of those shows like the like fourth <laughs> tier and be like oh, the man. med tech like he is like yeah. you see him every three episodes <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's wacky he's a nerdy tech yeah. guy yeah okay. uh, I mean that's probably second after wanting to be a villain in a Hong Kong or Indian yeah, film exactly. like just the generic <laughs> Caucasian guy who's like no I would totally take I, that job I yeah. love that job so much uh, yeah. and other than that Ricky Bates Jr what's the one he did with the Entourage the guy last one was Trash Fire I thought Trash with Fire Adrian Grenier I liked the first yeah. hour and I, I felt yeah. like it lost its way I agree with you yeah I yeah I went into Trash Fire expecting to hate Mm -hmm. it because I didn't like Excision at all but I really liked the first hour I thought the the dark caustic sense of humor Mm. was like really spot on but I agree I think the last at least the last half hour Mm. climax for me just totally went into this sort of violence yeah I don't know. Just it went where I expected it. To Ricky go, Bates Jr. Really... Though his visual sense, like he's talked about too, like he likes to keep everything in the center of frame, which yeah. keeps, gets things like a Wes Anderson feel, which I actually kind of like with yeah, these kind of stories. Style. Uh, tone deaf. I liked it. I thought I was going to dislike it more because I heard okay. an interview with Ricky Bates Jr. and he was kind of like both sides, right? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. no! It stars Robert Patrick, who I love, the T1000 himself, of course, of course. And he plays kind of like a right wingish, or just like yeah. an older boomer generation guy <laughs> who's like, it's not as good as it used to be. Right. And he rents out his like giant house to like a millennial <laughs> who just went through a breakup, and then it's him starting to murder people that he knows right. to like build up to murdering this like millennial and that's fun and okay. listening to Ricky Bates Jr. a lot of the dialogue that Robert Patrick says he actually took from like Facebook posts oh, of his like family and friends yeah wow. so it's all like uh, you know nobody works for anything anymore <laughs> and it has that Ricky Bates problem where I like the beginning yeah. and I actually like the end but the middle kind of like nothing yeah, really happens a little bit. yeah it sags yeah. a little bit I like his ideas though mm-hmm. like, I don't think that's a bad idea at all and I yeah. feel like it kind of trash fire had a little bit of the similar like, mm-hmm. sort of relationship stuff that's yeah. what he's like his strongest set and try to like 
figure out like wading into like the what's on PC yeah. PC world but in a way that doesn't feel too annoying but I yeah I feel like he doesn't fully commit commit to these I premises I feel it's almost know. like the genre stuff is what he's the weakest at yeah. that if he just yeah. did like a straight comedy or like a romantic comedy he'd be much better yeah, like I pushing f- it a little bit further without like oh now like murder gets introduced cuz that he seems mm-hmm. a little bit shaky with that Yeah I feel you cuz I th- I think you're right with Trash Fire mm-hmm. the best part of it was like it just being like this relationship drama where they mm. hate each other. <laughs> like, that was what was hilarious to me. It's probably just that, like, he can't sell it, though. Yeah. Like, no yeah. one would buy it, so he needs to add, like, oh, Robert um, Patrick is yeah. a murderer, and he <laughs> goes around. It's nice to see this, like, Robert uh, Robert patrick Assange. that's, like, right, he's just yeah. popping up all over the place course, now. As he should. As he he is, should. He's good. <laughs> uh, what's funny is Ricky Bates Jr. said that Robert Patrick was kind of the guy that he plays in the movie, kind oh, of like, okay. oh, teens don't deserve. But by the end of the movie, he's like, you know what? I see their side of Interesting, things. Interesting. I wondered that. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's kind of an old school guy. Yeah. Like, is he in on this joke or not? Yeah, like he a... kind of was, but like, yeah. I think he got more perspective that okay. way. And he's like, finally, I understand my daughter. <laughs> um, from Scorpion, we have Talking Walls. So Scorpion is a company we've never really mentioned. Yeah, because they, I guess, they Kino puts out, yeah, of... intermittently. Yeah. And they work with Kino, they do, just yeah. like Code Red. And mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, I think Scorpion is run by the, the brother of the guy who does Code Red. Yeah, I believe there is some mm. guys over there. And um, Scorpion, basically, they put out, I guess they've kind of overtaken Code Red, which is like a little um, yeah. a boutique label to become the bigger one where they yep. do like the bigger releases. So they did like opera, they did a special edition, they mm-hmm. did the sect. Yeah. Yeah, and they did a whole bunch of other stuff like that. Talking Walls is not one I'm familiar with. Yeah, the, I looked. <laughs> I looked it up, cover, and I was like, "It's Uh-oh. like a very body double yes. riff." Mm-hmm. And I mean, the cover on the back, it's hilarious. I mean, the plot description is just like, uh, you know, a sociology student or something yeah. is just filming people in hotel rooms secretly for his like thesis from the director of what kind of thesis? Is Lord this? Yeah. the Flatbush. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, what is that Luke Owens one that came out? Luke Wilson, uh, uh, Vacancy. Vacancy. Yeah, yes, which, which is, is about that. A solid yeah, film. that's a solid really one. Like that Vacancy two, not so. Much a yeah, DTV sequel. Is there a vacancy three? I feel like there probably there might be, is. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's probably five of them at this point. Who knows? Uh, we also have the system coming out from uh, Indicator. Indicator, another company I don't so think we've mentioned. Yeah, we haven't really talked about. Yeah, that. they're a UK company. Yeah, so we don't usually bring in other region mm. UK imports because mostly they're region locked. So you'd have to have an all region player and not enough of our customers yeah. are that savvy and they also would be really expensive but this company indicator in affiliation with a company called powerhouse too they put out these really deluxe all region sets that are basically like criterion yes but for a lot of titles that aren't available over here mm. or have been put out by you know a company called twilight time which is like a small right that doesn't Th- that does like i think they only do 2500 you have yeah. to buy it from like screen archives you can't find them in stores yeah. we were trying to get them here and they just don't you could make deal. a deal with, oh, you could. Want to deal with, like, you know what? It makes sense. Locations. It's like a direct it, uh, market yeah. thing, and they're going straight to the collector. Yep. Wait, do you know? Do, cool do you know where they call the Twilight Time? It's because they no. thought that like the physical media was done, okay. so they wanted to do like we're going to do like two, right. three years, and that was like twelve years ago. <laughs> they know, they've been operating for <laughs> yeah. a while. So yeah, so these indicator releases are packed, tons oh, of yeah. stuff, booklets, and all regions. So yeah, you're not gonna have problems playing them. Um, they're great. They are a little pricier. Oh, you that. Yeah, they're they are in the fifty, sixty dollar range. I looked at like the Curse of the Demon one. That was almost a oh, hundred dollars, and I was like, "Looks so That's cool." Such a nice set, though. You too. didn't get it, did you? 
I didn't get it myself. Okay. I love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie but we too. We sold tons. We sold a I'm bunch sure you of did. Those. Yeah, and yeah. you still have the um, not deluxe one that doesn't yeah. come with the book and stuff. Well, like now, that. yeah, that book one was a limited edition mm-hmm. thing. So, um, and th- the movie we haven't even mentioned it is the system, also yeah. known as the Girl Getters, directed by a favorite of mine, Michael Winner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> winner Oliver takes Reed. all. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Oliver Reed, Michael Winner, the director of Death Wish One yeah. Two Three. Um, Scream for Help. <laughs> Scream for Help. I love Scream yeah, for yeah. Help. That is a favorite of mine. <laughs> of course. When we showed it at uh, our Laser Blast screenings, there was no plan of a Blu-ray release. Now it's out on Screen Factory. Exactly, and yeah. they had to re-reel the uh, 35-millimeter print because it was an archival oh, yeah. print that we showed. And when I was told the price of it, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and we had already paid it. And only like 20 people showed up for that as well. It was like, <laughs> oh. And now it's on Blu-ray. Screen for help. So good. Nancy yeah. Drew meets, I guess, Brian De Palma. Yeah. Like, no, that was a, a kind first... of brain damage Brian De Palma. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. That was the first time I saw it at that really? screening. But, you know, people came in when it came out on Blu-ray who had seen it at, at the screening. screening yeah. Buying it. So. Someone gave it to me, uh, the Blu-ray. I was at their house like, oh, this is shit. Yeah. And I was like, what? But we screened this. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you want the Blu-ray? I was like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, Michael Winter, early on in his career, he did a bunch of like uh, kind of romantic comedies yeah. with Oliver Reed. And there's like a style that he didn't really he kind of went away as he continued to make movies because Michael Winner is a famous piece of garbage yeah yeah <laughs> but he does have like a really kind of wacky kind of energetic almost Richard Lesterish style yeah. when he was making these comedies so I haven't actually seen this one but I would recommend it I think I've seen um, it's like I'll never forget what's her name which is another right. Oliver Reed yeah, uh, Michael Winner how was Michael Winner and Oliver Reed like romantic comedy know, guys like literally the, guys. the worst <laughs> the guys the craziest guys have you ever heard the story of like Michael Reed was shooting something um, in public without a permit and the cops pulled out and he grabbed the cans of film jumped in a taxi he was like see you later and he just zoomed <laughs> off leaving his crew all there That's classic awesome. Michael Winner <laughs> I, you know something that uh, my pal Matthew Kumar told me is that he became a kind of personality on British TV okay. late in his life oh really and yeah. he had a catchphrase which is like for an insurance company which was like really annoying like <laughs> uh, calm down dear or something like that which is like the most <laughs> Michael Winner annoying catchphrase <laughs> that you could get <laughs> Uh, we also have uh, from Kino Phobia, directed by John uh, Houston. Long lost John Houston film. Long Con- lost. It's CanCon. It is CanCon. Right? Yeah. Long lost is I mean, not long a strong lost. way to say it. You mean nobody wants nobody to see wants it? Nobody wants to get it. <laughs> yeah. Great cover. Yep. Um, it looks like the kind of movie that would be really popular. It looks uh, like a it looks like a CanCon film, it which does, is like yeah. washed up actors and directors yep. coming to Canada. Probably setting their movie in anonymous American city. Um, As you do. And they're just kind of half-assing it. Uh, This is not a very well-loved one. It has a great premise, though. A psychiatrist who's pushing his patients too far (laughs) discovers that his patients are being murdered by a mysterious person. Sounds like uh, Color of Night in the Richard (laughs) Rush film. (laughs) There's so much pedigree behind it, though, which I didn't realize in Mm. terms of the writing. Like, it's based on a story by uh, Gary Sherman and Ronald Chesset. What? I didn't know that. I just found that out this week. And we talked about Gary Sherman a lot this podcast. Yeah, it's is like Gary based Sherman. by Gary Sherman, yeah. Um, so those two came up with the story. The screenwriters, too, I think were, were names. Mm. But like it actually had more pedigree behind the writing of it than yeah. I thought. Uh, it's known as I mean, bad. I'm sure there were a lot of writers and differing opinions on it. Yeah. But, you know. I read, I don't remember, it was a book about an assistant director. And it, he talks 
about being on the set of Annie and like right. John Huston is just like out of it. He's like betting on horses. He's like, yeah, do whatever, you know, set up the shot, pick an angle. I'll come and be like, yeah, that's good. And then I'll right. go on my day. But he said that at one point they were having a problem. And John Huston just like woke up and he like just started directing. And wow. the AD was like, turned it on. yeah, he's like, oh, wow, I guess this is what he looked like in his prime. <laughs> I mean, I'm fascinated by John Huston because he is the ultimate like journeyman. Yeah. Almost auteur. Like he's made some films that are so good. But at the same time, he's like. It phoned it in so many oh, times man, as well. Yeah. There's an amazing book by Lillian Ross called Picture, which is about the making of a forgotten film he did called uh, The Red Badge of Courage. Oh, okay, yeah. And speaking of Albert Band, Albert Band with John Huston's assistant during oh, that entire wow. period. So he's a character in Picture. And um, it's all about like how you start with like the greatest intentions, yeah. making a movie. You shoot it, you think it's going to be great. And then through the testing process, it just kind of falls apart. Right, and, it, yeah. and you get such a great image of John Huston, everybody involved, and the producers on that film. People don't usually talk about the book Picture by Lillian Ross. I think it just came back in print. Oh, cool. So I recommend people yeah. checking it out. I, I do think... like John Houston's late career forays into acting, I will say. Oh, he's great. <laughs> he's but he's so a guy good. that you feel like he's not even trying to act. Not he's at just all. being he's himself. Just there. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys ever have a book section in uh, Bay Street Video? I never did. No, or like magazines? I know, like Suspect had that. Yeah. Uh, I love that so that much. Never, we, we, never, we don't have book suppliers, mm. so we would have to try and hook that up. I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. It's just nothing. Really it's tough just because like they could sit there untouched mm -hmm. for I feel like months until a Justin Niklu comes in and he's like ooh yeah. I would like all that stuff and for years you know like we're across the street from Indigo mm. and I mean now they're kind of like cool. but you gotta get the cult stuff yeah that's exactly. like the but lunch for a meat while, magazine they had a pretty good like mm. film section we also had a there was a store called theater books just behind us too oh. which had a lot of theater and film books did you I've never I never yeah, went there when did that close they were really cool about that's seven years, seven years ago now. Okay, so they it was around somewhere else, it. yeah. And then they closed. So sad. Well, you know, if people want yeah, books and magazines at Bay Street, you should request it. Yeah, and then do. and then sure. it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of to customer requests. Shock yeah. Cinema, which I yeah, love, yeah. and I get. I think because they have a deal with Indigo. Okay, and that's I think the only place that you can pick it up. Every yeah. three months, I'm so or four, whatever it is, I'm always excited to yeah. pick up Shock Cinema because so good. If people don't read that magazine, I highly recommend it. Do it now. Do it uh, <laughs> or request it at um, yeah, Bay Street Video. I don't even know where you. Would put it. I'm looking around. Yeah, like. that's the thing. You have to figure out a magazine section. Oh yeah, it could just be right happen. here, like where yeah, the uh, bargains you know, you ones know. are. <laughs> All right, so we also have <laughs> Lost River by Ryan Gosling. <laughs> so this is a bit of a weird one because this movie came out like he, five, ages ago, five years ago now, only on DVD. Well, in Canada, so it came out on DVD only in Canada, and the Blu-ray was an import. Right? Okay, that came out from like Warner had it. So it was like States. super expensive. So we ordered it at the time. No, mm -hmm. it wasn't even that expensive. Okay. It was like twenty six ninety five. We ordered it. Great. It never showed up. It never, never showed, showed up. up. We thought it got canceled. We were inquiring. Wait. People were asking about it. They had their names down. It was always on our back order, and it just never showed up. And then it just showed up five years later. We got four copies of Lost River. Wait, the ones that you were supposed to get back <laughs> yeah, then just mysteriously our showed up. It's like our order date was like 2015. That is insane. 20... Can you believe that? Did they charge you the same? Same price, yeah. What? I mean, it's not like they're like out of print or anything. We no. can return them if they yeah. don't sell. But wow, but, you know, a lot of people were asking at the time. So mm. I let's thought put it was. It like, out. Let's I, talk about Lost River. I thought it was like a new release of some kind. I, you know what? I thought, you know, I wish it was. I yeah, mean, it's just kind of a standard Warner Brothers. Release. You want Ryan Gosling being like, yeah. what did I do? <laughs> I don't know why Ryan Gosling in my version sounds like Abel Ferreira. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, it's me, that's Ryan what, that's Gosling. That's the director voice. Yeah. Inside, you, you guys like uh, Young Hercules. <laughs> 
I, you know I, I do like Yonder. I did, yeah. yeah. You know, people really shit know. on Lost Highway as pretentious when it came out and stuff like that. I watched it and I enjoyed it for what it was. I liked it a lot. Yeah. You know, I think people gave it a lot <laughs> of shit. You're one of those guys. I know. You know, people gave it a lot of shit because I think they were like, well, he's just ripping off a bunch of movies. Yes. But I thought, like, he does there's it his sometimes own a way. difference to me between ripping off and wearing your influences on your sleeve. Mm. And I think... This one for me felt more like he just loves what he loves. He likes, you know, obviously he loves the films of Mario Bava. Yeah, David Lynch. David Lynch. You know, obviously Nicholas Winding Refn. He doesn't like Refn. at the time. Have you ever seen I the, think there's I've ever seen the interview? Well, maybe it's not online, but my friend said he went to a screening of Only God Forgives yeah. at like Hollywood Cemetery and Ryan Gosling interviewed Refn and he would put up with none of Refn's shit. He's uh, like, yeah. wait, what, what? Like, what was that movie? What are you doing? He's like, well, I, I think I'm a genius. Drive, right? Yeah. I I think, I think I'm a genius, and he's like, no, what? No, it was it was actually Neon Demon that oh, he was okay, making fun okay. of uh, Refn. Yeah, I really like that Refn documentary. Um, was was the one that his wife made? Yeah, my life. Yeah, with, with Refn. It's yeah, not super like. Uh, in depth, but yeah. I like the like picture of like them having to go to a film festival who will pay them so they can continue to make Only God Forgive. Yeah, yeah. There's another doc Which that he I made. I actually like. I, you know, I know people hate that Oh, movie I like Only too. God Forgives. I like Only God Forgives. Yeah. I, I, there's another doc, I don't remember what it's called, but it came out way before that about him struggling with bankruptcy after yeah, Fear X. Yeah, it's on the Pusher set. That set. Have, That's a great, a, really doc. great doc. Yeah. I, mean, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, yeah. it's actually got a And he actually made Pusher 2 and Pusher 3 only to like make money. I know, so but he they're wouldn't actually go to... like great films I mean, too. Like, arguably his best film. I really like Pusher two like more yeah. than any of the other ones I think so. and you know speaking again of um, Lost River it's fun like you said I it's like not it, like yeah. when I hear someone like rip something off I imagine somebody coming out in like a trench coat and like matrix glasses yeah exactly <laughs> And it's like, oh, you're ripping this thing off. Exactly. But and no, it's not, it doesn't so, feel like, like that. No, like, Matt like, Smith is in it. Yeah, like, love it or hate it, it's clearly mm. its own vision. Yeah. It is a directorial vision. He creates this kind of phantasmagoric mm. world. It's like underwater, yeah. like one part. Yeah, the, like you said, Matt Smith is great. Yeah. I, ben Mendelsohn is good in it. Christina Hendricks, I think, it, Yeah, that's a right. Lot Barbara Steele shows up, doesn't Barbara talk. Barbara Steele shows up, you know. Um, <laughs> Supposedly she had dialogue and it was cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was dubbed in all of her movies as well, she, somebody yeah. else um, but yeah, yeah it's fun it, it, I mean it's, fun. It, it's a it has been movie. rediscovered after being ordered exactly. five years and ago and it does look beautiful too mm. so if you're gonna buy it Blu-ray is the way to go and it's not that expensive no so, okay so. well there you go check it out uh, in the classic section Kino's putting out Tamango a movie I'd never heard about directed yeah. by John Barry who's notable for being blacklisted yeah. because of that like communist witch hunt and then he just went to France and he made movies there including this one which is about a Dutch captain's mistress played by Dorsey Dandridge, who uh, joins a revolt on a slave ship, yeah. and romance abounds. Yeah, apparently they're marketing this like a real kind of undiscovered classic. Mm. Um, you know, it's not their typical Kino Studio Classics line. It's like oh, Kino Classics with the white cover. Oh, there. so they're going like they're going above and beyond. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, and I think the big hook is that it's one of Dorothy Dandridge's performances. That mm. hasn't there's not really that many. Been, yeah, there's not that many, and it's a, a nice rediscovery. So they put a really nice package together. For yeah, it, I want to check it out. Actually, no. Yeah, you look it up on IMDb and it's not like I was looking on votes or Letterbox or and there was a lot of reviews and they were all like four or five stars okay, yeah, so yeah like so it's what I mean John Barry like he's directed a bunch of stuff but nothing that anybody would like say oh it's a classic mm -hmm. like he did one uh, he did like a noir like all of these exiled directors yeah, did right. that was on like a Kino pack and that's the first one that shows up if you look at Letterbox and like rank it by how many people okay. have watched it so yeah I would definitely be interested in checking it out um, we also have from Cohen I guess it's the contractually obligated uh, 
Gerard Depardieu film released this week, <laughs> Return of Martin Gare. Yeah, we're getting all of uh, what is Gerard going on? Depardieu. Because so Kino, many. Kino just gave me their slate for November. They're putting More Depardieu. Foie, which is a film. He's yeah. got. There's another one too. But like this one, I've never seen this. But like. Everybody I know watched this in history class or something. Did apparently. they? I don't know. Huh. My partner did. Yeah. When she was in and when school. she was like, ugh, yeah. that and peanut butter <laughs> solution. Oh, actually, I should recommend that this week. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Martin Gare, yep, never seen it. Uh, it's about the. Re- yeah. uh, what is it about? I don't have any notes here. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's a Gerard Depardieu released by Cohen movie. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's people know what that is, historical yeah. drama. I feel like everybody knows what this movie Mark is. was running to get the case. I'm like, like, no, it's let's good. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> it's fine. People don't need to know. I, know. I do know it's one of his biggest, you know, 70s period films. Mm. So I have no for... experience with yeah, the <laughs> in any I, context. No. Like, he really... I, I'm trying to think of like what were his big American films. He was Green in more of his card was kind of like, Green Card. Never I saw didn't it. See yeah, his yeah. romantic comedy. Isn't the cover of him like carrying the woman over his shoulder? I think <laughs> yeah. it is. Andy McDowell, right? The only I think for me it was the Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah, Man in the I, Iron Mask. Yeah. yeah, that was the first thing I saw of it. That was the uh, post Titanic. Like, <laughs> all right, we'll watch anything Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, is in. Yeah. Oh no, it was directed in... by um, the Wallace guy that yeah. uh, also wrote Braveheart. Yeah. But he was in that kids movie with Whoopi Goldberg that I'm blanking on. The, Whoopi he's like, Goldberg? He's an imaginary friend in it. Do you I don't movie? remember that. Bogus. Is he in Whoa, Bogus? Whoa, I just had, I know that title, That's what but I've is, never right? seen it. And I feel like I probably yeah, saw it in so theaters. I Honestly, yeah, I saw it, I think, in theaters yeah. when I was so young. My memory of it is very Man. Big. But I'm pretty sure it's Whoopi Goldberg and some kid, and this kid has an imaginary friend played by Gerard Depardieu. Wow. And I don't really remember much else about the it. The kids love that. Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that reminds me of Kazam, which was my oh, most yeah. disappointing birthday ever. That's the oh. movie I wanted to see, which is, I don't even know why, because, like, I didn't like Shaq. Like, I didn't watch basketball, yeah. but it seemed like a big deal. It's like a, a genie. Yeah. I, I liked it at the time. Uh, it's very disturbing at the end when it he is, seemingly yeah. kills a man by crushing him into a ball. Yeah. yeah I thought a lot about that, leaving the cinema. Yeah. The, the existential nightmare of it yeah. all. Kazam. Kazam, yeah. I'm Another Kino Studio Classics. It was there. really, I think there was some special features. There, uh, maybe I'm making oh, yeah, up. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's not stretch it. Uh, as you can see here, he just does like an Arnold Schwarzenegger. He just describes. Exactly. Hey, like, here I'm a genie. So yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do this and then that. Yeah. I mean, Shaq just donated. Wait, or is it Michael Jordan? Oh, I think it was Michael Jordan did something recently yeah. where he donated like 50 million dollars for an orphanage or a hospital. I don't know, some billionaire like yeah. trying to do a good deed to make himself <laughs> feel better about the horrible deeds that he did. Okay, and some basketball okay. player doing yeah. that. I'm sure they're they're, Sounds like a Michael they're all monsters. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Jordan. I believe like I can nice fly. Guy. Oh, that song is uh, not yeah, good anymore yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Space Jam, another film that disappointed me. Mm, did it disappoint uh, me or did I convince Space myself Jam was that I loved it? Was it? Oh, I love Space Jam. Did you Jam. have a, any of those, like, um, what was it, the, the Toon Star shirts? I had so much of the My merch. My parents man. never bought me anything. No. So, like, merch was not Crazy okay. Bones, a few pogs. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much but, it. Like, movie related. Yeah, merch, I was not yeah. one of those kids that I'd be like, oh, I want this. And then my parents would go out and get it. Okay. But my parents would tell me all the time that I'm spoiled. <laughs> That's the classic. Like, you know, a lot of kids have a lot less than you. Yeah. As I'm playing with the it's dog like, that does like yeah. backflips, that my dad's friend got me. I love right. that dog so much. You ever have one of those? Like, yeah, and then it does little backflips. Yeah, I never had one. Really wanted one. <laughs> yeah, you're Glad like to hear you in all one. your Space Jam merch, and you're know, like, if yeah. only I have that dog. <laughs> Did you even have the? What were the name of the villains in Space Jam? The aliens. Uh, the, um, oh God. Yeah, what were they <laughs> 
Yeah, the aliens. I don't know. I really I hope your partner listens to this anymore. and she's like, shame, I know, Mark, I know. shame. She's definitely going to shame me. So we, all, we watched it again like only a year or two ago, too. I, I mean, totally you listen, in the last few years, you have to pick a side. And I'm a Looney Tunes back in action man. Okay. That is you definitely the superior. I've seen Looney Tunes back in what? action. What? I know. What? I know, and I love Joe Dante. The, what's else. amazing about it I is. I got to watch it. I got to watch it. That uh, it was a famously like a very compromised film. Yeah. And that like Joe Dante said he would have meetings where. Uh, like a studio exec would be like, does he have to say, what's up, dog? And he's like, what the hell? I think his classic quote is that he was making a movie for executives that wouldn't cross the street to see a picture called Looney Tunes back in action. Nice. And what's fascinating about it is on the DVD, as a DVD-ROM extra that you had to go online oh, yeah. to get. So it doesn't work anymore, but somebody posted on YouTube, there's like 30 minutes of deleted scenes. Oh, wow. Like deleted pencils, including like a whole different opening for the film, yeah. a whole different ending. Brendan Fraser, how have you not seen it? I know, I don't know what happened. I, uh, uh, you gotta check it out. I think I was just like, you know, later high school. <laughs> I, I don't know, it was just like one of those it's things too I good. missed yeah. and I just never got back to there's it. There's a great but... sequence where they go to like, I think it's like Area 52, okay. and it's just Joe Dante's, he has like uh, the man from Planet X from the Edgar right. Elmer film. Okay. He has Robot Monster. He okay. has like all these, a lot of them in their original suits that Bob Burns had. Yeah. So yeah, I would, if people haven't seen Looney Tunes back in action, it's very, yeah, very I good. I know it's kind of grown in culture. Yeah. You know, There's a scene where they go to the um, Louvre. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Louvre? I think so. Yeah. That's good pronunciation <laughs> yeah. there. And they go into the painting, so the style of animation oh, changes based really on cool. what painting they're on. So yeah, that's a really yeah, good like one. Yeah, like I can, like thinking of that in theory, like I can imagine Joe Dante having a ton of fun in that world. How so is that not like understand. a Shout Factory release? Exactly. Yeah, right? I don't, I, mean, I think put didn't out Warner Archives put out a Blu-ray recently? Maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Anyway, hopefully, I mean, they should contact me and Mark, yeah. who's never seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. if I'll they watch it for the first time. Yeah, it'll be like the Carrot Top commentary on Rules of Attraction. <laughs> that is yeah. a that is a yeah. deep cut that for is a uh, deep cut right there. I guess Carrot Top fans. He also does a secret commentary that's not on the menu on the DVD for Chairman of the Board, <laughs> which I have never seen. Me neither. What? Me neither. I would have sworn that I you would have seen. I know it was one. Like I, I'm pretty sure I even rented it from the video store yeah. as like with a bunch of other things mm. for some sort of like party or weekend. <laughs> You're like, hey, watched, this guy's on a surfboard. It looks like fun. Yeah, I was into Carrot Top for I don't know why. How were you into really, Carrot Top? Yeah, I don't Wait, know. was I? I just listened to his look. He's like, I, I like that guy's look. It's this long hair. Like probably drops like date rape pills <laughs> yeah, in yeah, people's drinks. Definitely Ugh. looks like a skeezy. Yeah, really skeezy. No, he's all built. Yeah, I know he's super built. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the carrot top not I grew up top with. I know. Yeah. All right, uh, we're supposed to talk about Blu-rays yeah, on this. We got off track. I we went from Gerard Depardieu to carrot top. <laughs> I mean, no. that's probably a closer I mean, link yeah. than everything in the middle that we talked yeah. about. Didn't they act in a 90s kids movie? <laughs> yeah, bogus. <laughs> Right, so, right. Uh, 90 Degrees in the Shade, another indicator release. Yeah. Uh, another one that I actually haven't seen. This is like um, a Prague English kind of co-production, yeah. noirish kind of thing. So, it's one that I like. I look at the title and I'm like, I've heard of this before. Yeah. What context have I heard of it? But, you know, if I'm going to check it out, it'll be on this indicator release. Absolutely. Tons yeah. of special features. It looks really cool. Like one of these like log lost mm. big international films. Yeah, co-productions. You look it up and there's like not a ton of info. No. But, or even the director I wasn't really familiar with, but mm -hmm. been selling a couple copies, so I feel like it does, people know what it is. Mm, all the money bags coming yeah, in. I, I will take or an indicator like, release. This looks pretty. Yeah. 
off to live yeah. your life. And then I would put the Blu-ray on the shelf and never watch it. Exactly. I started a list of Blu-rays that I procure and putting them <laughs> so, on a list to like go back and be like, oh, I haven't watched that, yeah, but yeah. I have it. Because, you know, I try to do like stacks so around right. my computer and then I'm like, oh, well, the problem with that is that I don't like the clutter. So then I put it in alphabetical no, I order. I put stacks around my TV. And yeah. At a certain point, it's like, I have too much here. I got to clean this up. And it's like, this has been here forever. <laughs> no, I'm not watching this. And it's like, because now you're familiar with it. It doesn't have that yeah, shock of the right. news. So you're like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Leprechaun back to the hood. Gotta, like open a box last minute. It's there. Ooh, Ooh yeah. yeah. And then you get that like uh, endorphin rush. Yeah. Well, let's put it in. Until you put it in. It's like five minutes in. You know, I watched a Blu-ray that I picked up scared stiff uh, from you guys oh, ages yeah. ago. And then I went home and I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be bad. Great. Oh, Loved okay. it. Yep. And I went on um, Letterboxd. Tons of negative reviews. Uh, and I was like, I'm the guy who's putting that four star yeah. review. And I wrote at the beginning that I'm like running away with like a bag, an Aero branded bag with like a dollar sign on it. I'm like, ah, they paid me to write this. Uh, speaking of lost films, Billy Bathgate. <laughs> <laughs> or titles that you the look and you're like, classic I recognize Matthew. this. Robert yeah. uh, Benton, a guy who doesn't really get talked about as an no, auteur that much. Right? Um, he co-wrote um, Bonnie and Clyde, yes. I think. Yeah. Did he? We're like staring at each other. Mm, there's only so he much information involved. we can have. Yeah. Was he a producer? But he also did um, The Late that, Show, right? which yeah, is one of his yeah. like most loved films. Mm -hmm. And then like a lot of directors, he kind of got into Paul like... Paul Newman movie, Nobody's Fool. Like, oh, like, um, probably, that's a movie yeah. that people come in here and rent all the time. Nobody's and Fool. Like, yeah, some, and then they watch it, they're like, bland, I'm the fool. Some like, bland 90s Paul Newman <laughs> drama. Oh, his most famous thing is he wrote and directed Kramer vs. Kramer. Of course. Yes, that's what he's known for. There we go, we got that. There. Yeah, uh, remade recently as Marriage Story, the Noah Baumbach film, which I actually love. Okay, uh, I, I say that jokingly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I haven't seen Billy Bassgate. It's a title no. again that I, I like. I know the name, and I, I looked up and I'm like, confused with Dick Tracy. When I was a kid for some reason. <laughs> you're like, can't like wait to watch same movie. But... They include disappointment on every front. <laughs> know, right? So unless you're like a Dick Tracy apologist, yeah, no, no I'm not. I'm, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even really remember. Dick Tracy is a movie that like when you remember, you're like, oh yeah, it is fun. It's very visual. Mm -hmm. It's shot by like such an amazing um, cinematographer, and then you watch and you're like, "This is boring." Yeah. <laughs> like it's like Warren Beatty just doesn't have. He can't deliver those kind of thrills, and yeah. it's too perfect. Uh, so this one, I don't know. I mean, it's Dustin really Hoffman on Kino. It's my nights, is, uh, my, my notes like... just says Dustin Hoffman, big flop. <laughs> yeah, big flop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody liked this movie. It's right? like a gangster film. Yeah, yeah, nobody did. But you know what? Maybe there's some young kids who thought it was know. Dick Tracy I mean, and are like, "I love Billy Bathgate." Yeah, we've sold some copies. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. got name recognition. It's cheap. Do you, you think know? you got like a Billy Bathgate T-shirt if you went like the first night? It's like, oh, there's definitely one or two people. My collective watch of Billy Bathgate. Gate. I'm on my way. Yeah, yes, it's on Blu-ray. Dick Tracy was on the back of every comic book I owned. Like it just was. Ads. Yeah. <laughs> that and Cool World. I, yeah. And I'm like, Cool World is I giving me that. weird feelings. <laughs> what is this movie about? <laughs> uh, we also have Man for All Seasons. Kevin Smith's favorite movie of all time. Really? Yes. Also my mom's favorite movie of all time. So take, <laughs> is your mom Kevin that. Smith? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, oh no, Keep finally the, the, the pieces come together. I've actually uh, never seen it. My mom was it. a history teacher mm. and like this was of medieval history. And this yeah, she's like, like, I love Thomas Moore, man. This like her favorite movie, but I've never actually seen no. it. Sorry, mom. So she's been like, hey, can you watch <laughs> this movie that I love with all my heart? You're like, sorry, yeah. I gotta watch these Robert <laughs> Dahl films. <laughs> <laughs> Don't got time for you. Yeah. You know you should do for Christmas? You should get her. I mean, she doesn't have a Blu-ray player, no. does she? No. She doesn't watch physical media at all. <laughs>
I bought her DVDs once or twice. It didn't go well. What DVD did you buy her? Uh, Man for all seasons. Amelie one year. Oh, uh, that's a classic oh, mom yeah, gift. I know. Uh, <laughs> Sitting on the shelf there. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Sir Thomas More stood up to King Henry the. Oh no, it's a Roman numeral. No, R- Roman numeral oh, yeah. eighth. Eighth. Yeah, yeah. When the king go. rejected the Roman Catholic Church to ob- obtain a divorce and remarry. <laughs> I hear the dialogue's real pop and it's real yeah. big, and it's directed by uh, Fred Zinnemann, uh, the guy who made High. Noon, which is what he's most famous yeah, for, yeah. yeah. Like we said uh, with Just Robert like, Benton, they kind of like transfer into like big historical war blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. That's where they put like the older directors out I to know, pasture. Right? But this what didn't this win like a ton of a ton of Academy Awards? Awards. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very like, well loved. Oh yeah, by people like your mom exactly. and Kevin Smith. <laughs> and I think this was one that actually Twilight Time, getting back to them, mm. put out initially on Blu-ray. Yes, they did run, and now it's coming out like Sony's just putting it out. Mm. In the standard one. Uh, we also have the Juniper Tree, uh, not directed yes. by. Uh, an older Hollywood director. Yeah. This one is one that stars uh, Bjork. Yeah. And I've never heard about it before. Yeah, early 90s film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company that put it out is a new company actually called, called Arbolos. What else have and they put out? Their first release was the Dennis Hopper film, The Last Movie. <laughs> right. They put that out, which was a great get for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously that yeah, because Vinegar Syndrome, a weird kind of offshoot of them, put out. No, they didn't put out the last movie. They put out the documentary out, uh, about the last American movie. American Dreamer. American yeah, Dreamer, yeah. Through, like one of their side companies. You're right, but like yeah. the last movie was one that people wanted to come out for ages yeah. and it was just and kind of sitting there no yeah. one it was like a VHS only release never came out on DVD uh, maybe as a bootleg maybe as a bootleg yeah. but we never had a copy here have you I've, seen the, la- uh, the last yet. movie it's weird to, I, I mean it's the film that killed Dennis Hopper's directorial yeah. career for a long time because he made it after uh, the uh, Easy Rider mm-hmm. and I remember he like Alejandro uh, Jodorowsky like he gave advice on how yeah. he should edit the last movie and it's just wild if people haven't seen it I don't know why I'm talking the last you have it here the we last do, movie we do yeah that one yeah, is about it sold well it rents as well like mm-hmm. again it's one of those films that people wanted to see for years yeah. and then, like for them to get that as their first big release mm-hmm. was, was a huge and now you start. have you know those Bjork heads I know and this is their and and it's weird. After that, they put out the Andrew Bajowski film, Mutual Appreciation. That's the, right. Yeah, I picked that one up. I yeah. like Mutual Appreciation yeah, me a too. lot. Um, and then they've done this. But then their next one, I know that they're they're putting it in theaters first, but they have Bellatar's epic Satan, Satan Tango, Tango, which I've seen. Which has been out of print for years. Yeah, because uh, I was um, not, it was either Phantomas or Strand releasing that put it out. Facets, actually. Facets. Yeah, ah, I, like, the no, third no, one. I know. And it was yeah. a famously bad DVD. It was. Like, it looked, it looked like, like crap. crap. Yeah. And, and somebody uh, busted our Copies, so even <laughs> really. Yeah. I sat down one day and I watched all eight hours in I one go. I love Bella Tower, and I've just—it's one of those things. Like one day, I'm going to sit down and make it a Satan Tango. And if uh, their mutual appreciation of making a Satan Tango, yeah, it's going to be a Satan Tango. You're going to like dance and yeah. watch the movie. I'll just wake up one day. Feels like a Satan Tango, Tango kind of day, and then you die at the yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for that Blu-ray. I, yeah, because yeah, they're doing a theatrical release like right now. They I think are, it's yeah, playing it's in, in New theaters. York, yeah. yeah, and it's a brand new 4K restoration. Did they, they announce a date yet for the Blu-ray to come they out? They haven't, but I think okay. they hinted early 2020s. Uh, another film from Indicator. Wow, they have a lot this week. And because yeah. I didn't put them together like I usually do, I'm surprised every time <laughs> when I see it. Uh, Hussy, which is about a cabaret hostess and a mysterious American who gradually fall in love until their past catch up with them. Yeah, people really like this movie because it's like Helen Mirren. I mean, you know, you've talked about how looking... people, like Julie, Judy Dench, they love it. <laughs> I know. Helen Mirren, yeah. they love it. And this is young Helen Mirren. But it's Mirren. kind of like a racy Helen mm-hmm. Mirren. Movie young, sexy, naked yeah, Helen Mirren. And people really like that. So, mm. you know, I 
Yeah, I don't know much about this film, but it was kind of like one of her early. Yeah, gets, very early. Right? She did like a Michael Powell one as well. Yeah, Age of Consent, Age which of Consent. also Indicator put out and also <laughs> sold very well. Wow, well, <laughs> yeah. there you go. There you go. Um, back on the cult stuff, we've been talking about like, you know, uh, classy stuff like yeah, Billy no, Bathgate for too long. <laughs> uh, Severin, it's got two releases this week. Yeah. Uh, one that you didn't put on the list, but I saw on the shelf, which is uh, Waxwork. Wax Mass. Wax Mass, oh, yeah. I thought I had that on the list. No, Sorry. I love Waxworks, uh, Anthony yeah. Hickox's <laughs> film, which was put out by Lionsgate. But Wax Mask is, uh, ooh, is it Sergio Stivaletti? Silvio? Yeah, he's a special effects or, guy. Yes, and um, it's weird because this week, uh, or at least when this was originally released, because it took a little time for it you to get those severed. These did come out at the end of September. And we're just is that um, Wax Mask, which was supposed to be Lucio Fulci's final, or not yeah. final film, but was going to be his next film produced by Dario Argento, mm -hmm. who they had fought at first and they kind of like befriended each other, and Argento was going to produce this movie, which was weird because it actually came out like in the mid 90s, which was at the kind of Italian horror film was dead by that point. Yeah. So lots of CG effects. Yeah. But uh, this release is special because there's so many special features. This is a half hour documentary that like Argento and everybody talk about like the death of mm -hmm. uh, Lucio Fulci and how it happened. He died in a horrifying way, yeah. like by himself. Yeah, well, they talk about it on the doc. Yeah. What's amazing is at one point, Claudio Fargasso, the director of Troll 2, <laughs> said that Lucio <laughs> Fulci told him, only you can direct Wax Mass, <laughs> I believe, which is insanity. <laughs> there's no way that happened. Claudio Fargasso took over on Zombie 3 yeah. after Lucio yeah. Fulci got sick. And I, Lucio Fulci hated the end Result. So I really <laughs> doubt he went up to Claudio Fargaso and said that. <laughs> anyway, tons of special features and Killer Crocodile, also put yeah. out by Severin, uh, is done by another special effects guy, Giannetto De Rossi, okay. who was, he did like zombie, basically they both work with Fulci at different periods in his career doing special effects. And Giannetto De Rossi um, directed Killer Crocodile 2, which is on this Blu-ray set. Yeah, it has both nice films. Yeah, double set, yeah. And again, tons of special features. It has a 90-minute documentary on the special effects guy on the Killer Crocodile set. So, nice. you know, if you're going to buy these, you can't just get one. You have to get you both know, <laughs> because yeah. it'd be weird. Unless you hate animal attack movies, <laughs> which would be a little bit odd. because well, I mean, you know, Crawl's out right now. Everybody's loving that's Crawl. That's right. Like... And this one, uh, Killer Crocodile. The Killer Crocodile shows up within the first five minutes completely on screen. <laughs> this giant prosthetic thing Love continues it. to show up throughout. Uh, this there's a Quint character who at one point jumps on the back of a crocodile as it's in the water and starts like stabbing it. <laughs> Just great stuff, yeah. Also from Scorpion, Cover Girl. Which, There's some more CanCon here. Yeah, uh, and it's directed by Jean-Claude Lord, who did stuff like uh, The Vindicator, the Robocop ripoff that came out before Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> Not very good. There's a great scene, though, where The Vindicator is like, I'm going to stop you. And the bad guy's like, don't come over here. And the Vindicator's like, well, I'm going to come over here. And then the trap, he's like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I know nothing about Cover Girl. Yeah, it looks like, like, a te uh, like a boner comedy. Yeah, comedy that thing. gets dark, I assume. Yeah, you know. So uh, it's like the Scorpion's putting those out because... You know, yeah, Scorpion, Scorpion loves the CanCon. Yeah, know, and they and, like and they often do stuff that like doesn't have that much of like a cult cachet. Mm -hmm. Like there's no easy sell. Like Cover Girl is like you know it, probably a teen sex comedy, but there's no audience that's built in already. Yeah, like exactly. something like Last American Virgin. Yeah. Um, speaking of Albert Band, I mean we spoke about him half an hour ago. There's Parasite, directed by his son Charles Band. Yeah. Do you think they did that on purpose? <laughs> I feel like Kino's like two Band films. This yeah, week, I know, right? If one person buys one. They can't buy the. Uh, can't buy the yeah, well, not that's not other. true because I bought Parasite. <laughs> uh, Parasite is most famous for, I guess, starring Demi Moore. I yeah, think it may be one of think. not her earliest films because she also did um, Alice, Sweet Alice. Right. Yeah. But here, it and I watched it last night. 
it's famously for being boring because yeah. it was shot in 3D and this Blu-ray's in 3D yep. for all you uh, 3D TV owners. There are still some 3D heads I know one. <laughs> I know one. People who have 3D TVs love their 3D yeah, TVs. Yeah, they do. I was looking on Amazon. You can't buy them anymore. Like, they're just not available. No, because I think they're phasing it out completely. Mm-hmm. There's only a few companies that are even releasing 3D Blu-rays yeah. still. Because this is 3D archives yeah. that are putting it out in conjunction with Kino. Yeah. And they're like, they take 3D movies and they like do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you get the best release. This has tons of special features again. Commentary with the writer. Yeah. Anyway, so when I was watching it yesterday, it's actually much more fun than I remember because it feels like an Australian exploitation film. Okay. It's like post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it's yeah. set in the desert. It stars a guy that looks like Jeff Goldblum uh, <laughs> going around. And the, the premise is he gets infected by a parasite, so he's looking for like a cure <laughs> while also letting parasites out to like the punks who attack him and stuff like that. Uh, effects done by Stan Winston. That's nice. what they always put on the poster. Yeah, yeah. And again, 3D. So it's very weirdly directed. So okay. like some shots, if you didn't know, it'll be like zoom into something and everything is constantly flying towards the camera, which personally I love. Yeah. I think that's I hilarious. Gimmicks, yeah. <laughs> so Parasite in 3D, pick it up. Yep. And we also have Don't Be Afraid of the Dark from Warner Archives. Yeah, uh, much beloved 70s TV horror movie. Never seen it. I, yeah, I've seen it. Um, <laughs> sell it, Mark. Sell it. I feel like this is one of the kind of movies you that had to be if there. You grew up yeah. and you were a kid. Mm-hmm. It made an impression on you. Yeah. Me watching it as like a twenty-something-year-old, it's not that scary. It's no. definitely like a '70s TV movie. Mm. It's got these like little creature things, like in it, little which people I think too, are right? What, yeah. Like terrified kids. Um, it was on television, so kinda, I think I it was know, more it's... extreme than most kids yeah, were used to. Yeah, at that to. point, yeah. that's the thing. And I know they did a lot of TV movies like that. Like, there's another good one that Warner Archive put out. Bad, Bad Ronald? Ronald which yeah. I like way more. Yeah, uh, Bad Ronald about a guy <laughs> living in the walls. Yeah, that's way more entertaining. But even that is still, like, not Pretty quite tame. as good as yeah. you think it's going to be, um, because it's for TV. Yeah, right? it's no so, other film that has the same premise as Bad Ronald, which I can't say the title because it would be a yeah, spoiler. <laughs> great movie, though. Uh, yeah, Doesn't get talked about enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with this one, I can see why people like it. Mm. Um, and I, people always bought the DVD. Warner Archive had it out on DVD yeah. for years, and it was one of their like restored Warner Archive. Yeah, they did commentary. They put some yeah, features on this one actually has a new feature film. from uh, Amanda Ray's, yeah. who wrote a great book. I can't recall the title right now on made-for-TV horror. Oh, cool. Uh, she, I listened to interviews with her. She like when she was writing, she's like, I need not a gimmick, but something I'm passionate about that nobody else is writing about. Yeah. So she decided made-for-TV movies would be her thing. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's such a big genre in the mm-hmm. 70s. I think it's called like right? "Are You in the House Alone?" Is the name oh, of their. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and that, it's great. So I re- definitely recommend people checking it out. Uh, she did commentary on The Spell, which is uh, another TV okay, movie yeah. as well that was put up by Shout Factory. Yeah. Uh, Kino has more. It never more stops. Uh, the Eagle, um, the Rudolph Valentino film, yeah, which I think is one that people don't watch that much because it's like stuck in that time. Yeah, do people like Valentino anymore? No, like, I don't we, think we so. we got these box sets of his that Flicker <laughs> yeah. Alley put out on Blu-ray mm. a year or two ago. And yeah, well, Flicker Alley is also very... Very expensive. Well. These ones were a little more reasonably priced. Oh, really? Though, actually, yeah. Okay, because I'm like looking at their intolerance really of Blu-ray, yeah, and I'm like, Ugh, these are oh, indicator Cohen, prices. Actually. Oh, that was Cohen. Yeah, that was okay, Cohen, but also really expensive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the Eagle, I think it's notable because it was directed by a director. People don't talk about Clarence Brown, who I only really um, came in contact with when I time traveled. <laughs> no, I, I, picked, <laughs> I realized in that sentence that I was going down the wrong path. Is there's a book called The Parade's Gone By, uh, written by Kevin Brownlow who is like the silent uh, cinema guy. Right. It is an amazing book. If you're a cinephile and you have not read this book, read it because it's this guy who interviewed all of these silent film stars mm-hmm. 
while they were still alive That's really and like cool. nobody cared about them at that point yeah and the book like does um there's like chapters about certain directors there's one about clarence brown and he talks about like how he would always try to have his silent films have a rhythm like even though that like there's no music yeah that there's like an internal pace and you can see it in something like the eagle and nobody talks about it anymore because they just say like yeah rudolph valentino not interested yeah, I know. unless it's in the um ken russell film exactly. valentino <laughs> yeah right and they're very <laughs> so uh sony put out two i guess these are two Ultra HD releases? Well, no, it's weird. The first one, well, let's see. Well, the new Charlie's Angels movie is coming in. Yeah, so they need to. Soon, right? So they got to repackage the old ones. Mm-hmm. So the first one is being put out in Ultra HD for yes. the first time. And the second one full is only being put out on Blu-ray. Do you think it's because time. it's like it it's too extreme, it's too full throttle? I guess people don't really. Yeah, I don't know. Do people like full throttle? I only I saw love the full first throttle. One. Yeah, full, thr- I, full throttle the is the crazier one. one. Like, okay, so I yeah. got to check out full throttle. That's the one where like Crispin Glover is like jumping off a motorcycle with like two guns <laughs> going backwards and following them at the angels. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually I again. Believe, I know. I really wanted to see it when it came out, and I just never did. This podcast is full of shocks. I thought that you would have been like full throttle all the way. I was a huge fan of the first one too and I had it on DVD yeah, I loved the first one yeah, I, I thought it was boring I like Drew Barrymore a lot. you're like I love I like, Tom I Green I Glover yeah Tom Green <laughs> god most, that was the most cringe part about that uh, and Crispin Glover and I mean because he's back I in the second Crispin one Glover. so that's why I'm surprised that you hadn't yeah, seen it yeah no I think there was a period in like you know 2003 to 2005 where I just like I guess I don't know I was graduating high school <laughs> you were like I only watch yeah, uh, Godard I only watch, films I, yeah, I was now. like only watching art films yeah. at that point what is Cohen so. putting out give me the new Gerard Depart Exactly right. That's what I want. Charlie's Angels full throttle. Plebs. Have, have people been buying the Ultra HD version? Uh, of Charlie's Angels? Yeah. 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 It's popping Ultra off HD the screen. is like selling way better now than I what? ever thought. Who? I mean, I don't want to question More anybody. People are getting Ultra yeah. HD players, I guess. I need to get a 4K TV and a new player, and they're so I expensive. Know, it's so expensive. So. <laughs> I'd rather just spend it on Blu-rays. Like, I'm not going to get it anytime soon. <laughs> but they also, they come with Blu-rays too, and maybe some people are buying them as like an... <laughs> and you know, a few customers have come in and told me they put, they sometimes put new features on these Ultra HD ones. Yeah. And but they're also on the Blu-ray that comes with it. So you can it. just so watch it on the Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, and I've then seen if that. You update mm-hmm. and at some point. Or upgrade, yeah. So now we move like I always do. We always go through the cult and classic yeah, ones, and then we move the to the new movies, ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strange but true, a new neo-noir from Lionsgate. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen it. Looked at the reviews. Woof. Pu. Yeah, I don't know. Great Kinnear. It's got. Like, it's <laughs> oh one no. Of those, like, Great Kinnear is the, the touch of death drama sort of thing. Great Kinnear is the guy that like. If he's in your movie, you try to get somebody else, and you could not get him, like so you Greg got Drake Kinnear. I know, but come on, look at the Matador. What is the one about um, uh, Stroke of Genius or something uh, like that? Flash of Genius. Flash of Genius about the guy. So many forgettable movies. Yeah. Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. I'm always shocked that like Greg Kinnear was like an MTV DJ, <laughs> yeah, and that's where he started. Like, was he cool at some point? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Autofocus, the Paul Schrader yeah, film. Yeah, you know, he did a few yeah. cool things. Yeah, that's here. again, that's in that like middling. Territory. Yeah, yeah. He haunts TIFF films. He does. That you're like every year. I feel like this played a TIFF, and we just all forgot about it. Does he have like a weird, um, I don't know, like like name recognition that like some producers like Ah Greg Kinnear? Yeah, I feel like he's just got one of those likable American mm-hmm. face, all American faces. Was he know? in any like big productions in the early 2000s? He must have been, right? I mean, I remember. 
As Good As It Gets was a big movie mm. that he was in because obviously got all those Academy Awards and he was playing a gay character in that, which, you know, very 90s thing. Yeah, very 90s Straight gay. people yeah. playing gay. Yeah. And he was very, it was a very 90s, like it's probably really bad right, mm-hmm. right now. I haven't seen it. In <laughs> but I remember people really liked him in that yeah. um, because there were a lot of like serious dramatic moments okay. in that. You know, the true um, uh, uh, sign of a know. cinephile is a person who puts together Kinnear Fest where they just play Greg Kinnear, <laughs> Kinnear movies. <laughs> Just Greg Kinnear weeks movies. And weeks. Yeah. Oh, he's in this too. Sure, do you think he could do like on. a cage fest kind of thing, where like yeah. Greg Kinnear shows up and he picks his favorites? Yeah. Oh, was just a Matador four times. Yeah. I did not like. I the did Matador. not like the Matador. And I actually wanted to see that. I was kind of. Excited. I was so excited. Pierce Bro- I, I like Pierce Brosnan. Why, why was I bit. excited about the Matador? I must have. I when like you're, Pierce Brosnan. When I was a kid, if I saw like one good review, it would like imprint mm-hmm. itself on my mind, and I'm like, gotta see this yep, movie. Yep. And I remember seeing the Matador and be like, what the hell is yeah, this? That wasn't funny. No. That was an action-packed. That guy did that? Um, uh, The Perfection, which recently came yeah, to Netflix. Shepard, yeah, right? I didn't see that. <laughs> no. That's Netflix a director movies, that is like, know. does he have fans? He directed a lot of episodes of Girls, surprisingly. Oh. I was a big fan of Girls. Because he did like I, a bunch of know, Adrian I mean, Brody films in like the yeah, 90s. Oxygen. Oxygen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which is the stupidest movie. Uh, <laughs> I have right. a soft spot for Adrian Brody. Though, oh, so do I, you? I, I watched a lot of Adrian Brody movies oh, God. The Jacket. I, I like the yeah, jacket. Yeah, theatrically, I'm sure. I did like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the jacket. I mean, don't think it holds up. But. No, isn't there like a big twist in it too? Like, that's a real like mid 2000s. Yeah. I remember at one point he slips cool on ice and hits his and head. Stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like flashing lights. Like, like 13 that, ghosts. Yeah, like that kind of style <laughs> yeah, that I was right. really into at the time. All right, so uh, The Sentence is being put out by Kino. This is a documentary, yeah, isn't it? It was on HBO about a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about the documentarian is chronicling the aftermath of his sister. 15-year sentence mm-hmm. for conspiracy charges related to crimes committed by her deceased ex-boyfriend. So I guess this falls within uh, yeah. true crime kind Just of because, boxes. I really like those personal documentaries mm. where it's like, a, yeah, a documentary doing it about his family. Yeah, that's always like good. That, you know, What's but, your position of Deer, on Dear Zachary? I Exploitative? Love Zachary. Okay, I love, love Dear Zachary. I know people... Isn't all documentary exploited? They are. Some they degree. all are. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, the way he plays it could be. But I mean, you're. As a mystery, honestly, kind of. You're yeah. making a movie, though, too. Yeah, you're you have writing, to tell a story. You're not writing a newspaper article. <laughs> That's like, right. I, I, I don't know what people want. Like, you just give it all up in the first. And then minute, they'd be like, this documentary is like, boring. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. So I loved it. I mean, it floored me. Like, it floored anybody. I'm yeah, Dear sure, Zachary. Sure. Available for rent at Basement oh, Video. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Great movie. If you want to make somebody cry, watch Dear Zachary. And if they don't, if they don't, they're some kind of monster. I don't know. I don't want to talk to you. I mean, I think I said this before. I'm not a big fan of true crime stuff. It just, uh, eh, it's. I, I think talk- it's getting a little saturated now yeah. with Netflix. Uh, like, I do love. I, I did um, love true crime stuff, but now there's so many Netflix true crime. What was it called? What was that American Teenager true crime Netflix stock uh, series that came out? Uh, it was like a parody of oh, true the crime. parody one. Yeah, yeah, we had that for sale too. It's so good it about the guy that, that like draws a dick. Oh, okay, I haven't seen it. But, and they have uh, to figure out. Yeah. Okay. Oh, why? I mean, and they canceled it after two seasons. Yeah, but I think it it's still up there. Long. But it's really, really good for people that haven't seen it. Um, and then NBA champions, Toronto <laughs> I Raptors. I to throw this in there. You know, we won the championship this year. Did we... we win or did a player win one, the championship? One who is now not on our team. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, you could be cynical about it and say, say that. R. But, you know, it was pretty cool. I'm not even like a Okay, so you were like, no. go isotopes when they started to win. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I like basketball, but I've never been like a hardcore mm-hmm. basketball fan. I like but go- it was hard not to get swept up in it you know i like to go see basketball it's fun yeah it was fun yeah yeah i like i like basketball 
as a sport. I just yeah. never like followed it professionally. But yeah, I don't know. Like when they were in the playoffs, it was exciting last spring. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna I mean, I, when they I won and I was walking home, it yeah, was like an apocalypse crazy, outside. Right? Like, and like some of the moments from that playoff, like that whole playoff run, like his buzzer beater shot in the second round, or, or some of the things or that, even like the final round where they like called yeah, the penalty just yeah, to yeah, give him yeah, a go- exactly. like they had already won and then he so, scored like, another. This is true drama right here. So I mean, is it just the like, games or is it like a documentary? Yeah, so, I mean, they do this every year with mm. all the sports. <laughs> With the loser ESPN. Toronto yeah, team, <laughs> look at the Raptors. Yeah, know, what they right? did this yeah. year. Look at the Leafs fail again. <laughs> again, yeah. No, they do this every year, but we never really bring them in because whatever. But you know, you kind of have to. Yeah. Because I, I remember, and even, it's just like a compilation of. Yeah. It's like a greatest hits of the entire okay. playoff run. There and, were and the season, so think, many degree, like but. books that came out in the wake of them winning. Yeah. Like, Man, yeah. you guys were fast. I know. <laughs> At Indigo, like these big coffee table books that oh, exist yeah. only to be bought, and someone's like, "Oh, thanks," and then they just kind of like yeah, right. put it in a drawer somewhere <laughs> to be forgotten forever. Oh yeah. Uh, I like you put the Lion King on here. Did you yeah. see it? Did you have to review it? No, nah, I just me like I can't. I love the Lion King. When what I was is a the kid. point of this movie? I, I don't know. It's a live action movie. A live action movie. It's not it's live. It's not action. actually live action. It's, it's animated. It's like an anim- another. So animated, as colorful like... as the Lion King was, and fun, and kind of, you know, it had its own. Eh, kind of yeah. racist perspective yeah, on things. Yeah. And they fucking got a white guy to direct this I film know. again? Jo- John Favreau? Because of course. Because of capitalism. It was like, it was like the uh, Aladdin thing. Why didn't they just hire a Bollywood director? Can you imagine a Bollywood, like, yeah. Aladdin? Eh, racism, because they're like, the oh, they that think, doesn't work. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, guy we've Ritchie. Got, yeah, we've got some people of color in this movie. That's enough, whatever. Ugh, like, the behind, worst. Because it's like behind the camera. Oh, nobody cares about behind the camera. But it's like, I don't do think that. I, I don't think that'll last too long, though. I feel like so. a couple more years and they won't be able to do that exactly. anymore. These two like very um, you know from their play stories and then you get like fucking John Favreau I know. who seems to be making this movie at gunpoint. Yeah. Like almost as a what troll. John Favreau? Where, where's Zathura? I used to love John the Favreau. <laughs> he's like I'm going to do all practical effects. Yeah. We're going to make Dak Shepard funny in the yeah. only movie that he's ever yeah. been funny in. <laughs> and, he's kind of funny in Idiocracy. Oh <laughs> he is pretty funny in Idiocracy. Yeah. Uh, and The Lion King is I mean I haven't seen it either but I watch like no, clips online I mean, they're dead eyes. They're just dead eye. I just all these movies, Dumbo and then mm. Aladdin and then this and like they're what they're gonna do a Little Mermaid. Yes, they something. are. At least they're getting. Like, a, I just don't care. Don't it, care. It's Disney. not like a male director for the Little Mermaid too, and I believe I they, know, they yeah. it's not a white actor okay. as well for Little. Mermaid. So at least like do something different. Yeah. Like poor Kenneth Bragna. I say poor. It's probably like yeah, millions of dollars. Like directing all these Disney. He did yeah, like I'm Artemis sure Fowl fine, yeah. as well, which has been delayed for a right, year. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm glad here. we could talk about know. the Lion King just make, to bury it. It did make a ton of money, so you know, so much money. People, that's the thing. But, people won't stop going to see these movies, so they're gonna keep making them. Yeah, what else do they have to remake? Are they gonna do like Aladdin two, and they're gonna they remake could. the uh, animated Aladdin? Yeah. I mean, they could. They, I mean, they would, yeah, they're, are they going to remake the Emperor's New Groove? Oh, like, they definitely will. Or like Home on the Range. Game. Yeah, Home <laughs> on the Range. Or um, wait, uh, Treasure oh, Planet, man. the live action if film. If they do Brave Little Toaster, those live actions. That's not a Disney I, I film. Will, I know, I know. But they bought it right for distribution. <laughs> oh, that's right, because it's a Fox they did movie, put it right? Out. Oh, they no, did put no, it out. They, yeah, it was like an independent production that oh, they I didn't bought know that. and put it out. Yeah, and they're yeah. all like Cronenbergian monsters. Like, I know. Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> we wanted to. What would a toaster really look know, like right? if it came back to life? Uh, uh, fantastic movie, though. Yeah, uh, very scary. Very I remember. Scary. It traumatized me as a kid. Yeah, but I loved it. Or loved it. Uh, where's uh, the Homer Bound remake? Yeah, I know, right? And, and it's like you know, we wanted to make like a live action Homer Bound. It's like what the first Homer Bound was live action, and it's all like CGI. I just don't. It's just like look, we all, we all know Hollywood movies yeah. are like capitalist. You know, garbage at the end of the day. Aren't they this, rich enough? This is just they have so, so much, much money. More cynical about yeah. it. It's like, well, this movie, you know, Lion King's like 25 <laughs> years, not 25 years old, 15 years old. Yeah. Like Wait, I'm thinking of, old. oh, Black Cauldron, a live action oh, remake. God, yeah. uh, I can just imagine it would be like CG yeah. and so boring. I like how, like, Lady and the Tramp, they're like, we're releasing photos, the first photo yeah, of Lady and right. the Tramp. And you're like, it's two dogs. Yeah. Great. Thanks. <laughs> oh, they're doing 101 Dalmatians. Just, just <laughs> but you don't stop. have to see those movies. I know. I, That's the thing, right? Is that when we complain no, about it. No, of course. It, and I don't. And yeah. I will not. <laughs> I will not. I will not. Disney, you can't I make will me. Not. You can't make me. <laughs> what if Disney has a new policy, which I is know. like, if you stock it, you have to yeah. put, you have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, you'll see me at the next screening. Wait, or, isn't there like a deal with like Marvel films that you can't sell them? Until. On any Disney films, yeah. so all Disney product, we can't rent. We have it for sale. Oh, but we can't you... rent until 28 days What is that after. bullshit? It's because they're starting their streaming service. Oh, that's and, right, yeah. Or they want people to buy it digitally mm -hmm. first. Disney, you have enough money. I know. Like, I feel like I these CEOs are like, maybe if I just do this extra thing, I'll be happier. That happiness is not there. No. Just emptiness, hollowness the entire way. Uh, Bloodline is being released, yeah. which I was shocked that Mark <laughs> didn't watch, but I watched last yesterday. Oh, did you watch it? I did, yeah. yeah. Sean William Scott. I do love Sean William Scott. Uh, I mean, he's doing his serious Sean William Scott. Okay. You know what it looks like? Yeah. And it's just Dexter. Like, okay. it's weird. It's just not as funny. There's no voiceover. Yeah. So there's less personality. And it's it, the director definitely just saw Drive. And he's like, I want to uh, do that. Give me, like, okay. a rip-off Cliff Martinez score. Yeah. And I'm going to do a lot of split diopters and, like, neon lighting and stuff like that. Okay. And it goes exactly where you think it will, which is kind of a bummer. The premise is, like, Sean William Scott has a baby. And uh, he's also a guidance counselor at a school. And he yeah. starts murdering abusive parents. And it just, I don't know, it's its a real bummer of a movie, yeah. too, the way that it ends. And you're like, ugh. It does have a visual of a baby crowning and, like, coming out and intercutting with a man being cut and his guts falling Ooh. out. So, yeah. So, you know, prop so for them that, to yeah, do the baby I mean, crown. It was a Blumhouse film. Yeah. So Blumhouse has, like, made a cottage industry out of these, like... A DTV? DTV I didn't know they did that stuff. many DTV they stuff. Do, yeah. Like, the Netflix film Sweetwater is also... Or Sweetheart, it's called. Yeah. Is also a Blumhouse picture. Yep. It's, like, they're like, we'll give you a shot. If we don't like it that much, we'll just quietly oh, yeah. release it on DVD. That movie Haunt we talked about, I think, last week. Yeah, like, it was a Blumhouse film. Too, like... Woodshock? Every month they no, that's an 824. That's There's an 824 ones yeah, that, that, yeah. Are, that are doomed to a DTV as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Art of Self-Defense, new Jesse Eisenberg film. Yeah, I haven't seen this yet, but I hear it's great. I love the director's last film. The director's Riley Stern. Mm. So he made a, a film called Faults a couple of Oh, I like Faults. Yeah. Faults is great with the very underrated Leland Orser, who's like a character actor. Oh, I love Leland really Orser. Got. Yeah, so this is like a lead role, and he plays like a guy who deprograms, mm. you know. There were so many cult films coming out like all yeah. in a row right so that movie was great and i hear this is fantastic too i just like really dark comedy
comedy. I just hmm. haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. We also have The Chambermaid, a 2018, let, I'll take a guess and say Tiff playing film yeah, coming out from really Carino. interesting. Yeah. It's from a theater director in Mexico named Lila Aviles, I think. And it's about, it just, it's about the daily routine mm. of like a chambermaid in yeah. like a posh Mexican hotel. And apparently they compare it to like Roma a lot in terms of like shining a light on like the underrepresented yeah. women uh, who are working in Mexico and everything. I didn't really like Roma that much. Oh, I shocking! Hot, hot take, so I don't know. Uh, like. Yeah, we know what you like, Mark. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's too show off Yeah, it's right? Not, it's not like Aspen Extreme. <laughs> but uh, this actually looks really fascinating, and apparently it's beautiful to look Wait, at. And it's... Can we have an extreme update? Uh, any Aspen Extremes assault? Uh, uh, Mark is nothing, shaking his head no. Nothing. Come on, guys. If you're a fan yeah, of this we'll podcast. They'll be here through Christmas, so I'm telling you. <laughs> and they're cheap, too. They're cheap. They're, they're, they're priced Stocking to sell. stuffers. Stocking <laughs> stuffers, people. And put, like, a remake of uh, Dumb and Dumber. I think it, you wrote a note <laughs> on did, the DVD, right? <laughs> and it hasn't rented either, has it? No. Where are the Paul Gross fans? He gets so much money from the Canadian are, are government. Are there Paul Gross fans? I would assume <laughs> that there are. I guess there are. Oh, I know one. Um, I won't name his name on here, but he works at the Tiff Gift shop <laughs> okay. he loves paul gross uh there's also a documentary uh brexitania about is, brexit yeah this is really cool actually i saw this i had to review this actually at the planet in focus film festival mm -hmm. last year yeah um and it's a really beautiful it's a really stark black and white shot documentary and it's all just tableau shots of people in britain talking about why they voted yes or no to brexit which sounds really dry at first but it's just done in a really it's beautifully shot and it's just listening I just like movies listening to people talk I think yeah. is what I found out especially with documentaries yeah so that's and not like, exploit, exploited and, and, yeah, and obviously you're gonna get a lot there's a lot of older people mm. that have very regressive or racist views and they're portrayed just as they are and then you've got younger millennials portrayed as they are but it, and it's not one of those movies either that's like well I'm not gonna take a side but it definitely takes a side that like Brexit was bad <laughs> it is bad it's bad yeah. so it's not trying to be like well there's two sides to it yeah. it's just showing what everybody like who everybody is in this nation is Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie no he's not <laughs> it's just regular people but then it also I mean because he was in the it, Brexit film yeah. <laughs> but then the second part of it is interviews with noted theorists like Noam Chomsky mm. and uh, uh Stassen, yeah, still kicking. I know, right? Still kicking. But uh, they kind of shine some more light on it. And I don't know. I just was really absorbed by it. So hmm, sounds good. It's from a small company called Syndicato, which doesn't put it a lot. They put out that cool Canadian film, though, The Interior. Um, oh, that's right. Several years ago. So they do put out some like interesting indie stuff. Mm -hmm. It doesn't usually get a wide release. The Interior, so. which is not produced by a friend of mine or anything <laughs> like that. Great movie, though. Great yeah, movie. I really like The Interior. But this is, this, is this is good. Yeah, if you want just kind of like... I don't know. I know Brexit was like maybe old hat now or something. I mean, it's not like, over, so it's, it's not, not really over, old hat. So, but so. if you, I don't know, I just found it a really absorbing mm. human documentary that also just looks really good. So. Uh, we also have, I'm just going to kind of burn through these. Oh, yeah. Gebo in the Shadow, an adaptation of a 1923 play by Raul Brandau, yeah. uh, Portuguese is, master yeah. Manuel de Olivier. Uh, what, what's your opinion on him? I always think that I you love him. I many of his films, yeah. honestly. I like He's a Locarno man. Yeah. Like, he always, he always I, play I at that festival. It. That guy was, I mean, he died a couple years ago now. Mm. Um, but he was still rocking films at, like, over 100 years old. <laughs> so, wow. You know, and the big thing about this, this was his last film. Yeah. So, and it's finally getting released. I don't know what took so long. but uh, Look at this cast. Claudia Cardinale, yeah, Jean Moreau. Right? Wait, Jean Moreau's still around? <laughs> I, yeah. Michael Lonsdale. Yeah. So. 
it's looks it got really good reviews i remember at festivals and everything i don't know what the hold up was and taking so long to get it out but i don't know i, I like his stuff and like the fact that he was still making film and like, cranking them out like one yeah, a year crazy over 100 years old is, is crazy to me. we also have three peaks uh which is which is not twin peaks no <laughs> which we did not mention looks, last week twin peaks came yeah, out in a blu-ray box set it did but there's a better set coming There is a, Oh, you're, you're saying yeah, that. Was, this is exclusive to the podcast really, listeners. Yeah, they released like just the television stuff. Because they're doing again. the movies and stuff, right? It. Yeah. In uh, December, they're putting out this big Twin Peaks from Z to A set, which is everything. Everything, so, yeah. I'm going to get that that's one. That's a cool set. I've actually not... I didn't buy See, the I new one. I have it all. I, I have know. It all I know you do. <laughs> There's probably going to be new stuff, too. And doesn't it come like in a really cool box? It comes in a cool box. Yeah. You get like a mock red room. Yeah, that's right. insertable character cards you can really stick in there. Yeah. oh that's fun and so it'll probably be, be like that's 100 December. to 200 yeah, kind of pricey yeah. but. but i mean for people like me who have never owned Christmas. it because i yeah. didn't even buy the because when they did that big re-release that like shout factory worked on didn't grab that one see i bought them all i bought <laughs> yeah sucker yeah i bought the the big blu-ray set mm-hmm. they first put out with the missing yeah. pieces and everything that had firewalk with me and did you I get the criterion the set series. i didn't because it's like the same thing as, as the, the other one yeah firewalk with me in the set so and then i bought the event series when it came out but if you didn't have, if you just want the TV stuff and yeah. you have like the criteria to firewalk with me, then this is like not a bad deal. Yeah, but you don't get that little red room that you, you can put the, the characters room. in. Oh, yeah. So uh, Three, Three Peaks. Peaks is a German film yeah. about Aaron wants to become a family with his girlfriend and his eight year and her eight-year-old son. But his attempts to win the boy's acceptance turns into a dangerous power game, which sounds like a 90s thriller yeah, of some kind. Or Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> German and French, too. Yes. We got Berenice Bayo's in it, from mm-hmm. the artist. Um, yeah, it looks interesting. I heard some really good things. People uh, are going to rent it thinking it's Twin Peaks. Exactly, yeah. And the cover, it does look like a Twin Peaks oh, sort of thing. It's shameless. Like, they knew what they were they doing. They knew what here. they were doing. Yeah. They're always like thinking of that stuff but they're not going to advertise yeah, it exactly, when they do right. it so and we also have i almost missed it because it was on the list here dead center yeah this uh, is a cool one this is a very cool one released by arrow it is a very light arrow week wait wait we forgot one we forgot copies need to sell right yeah <laughs> so arrow put out crimson peak in like a very limited edition last year around is it different time? than the blu-ray i bought when the movie came out <laughs> uh is yes, it yes it yeah, is it's got more there's, right so it's weird because there's like a documentary but it's re-edited from what it right. was on the blu-ray so i don't know if they added footage or they just moved stuff around okay it has everything that was on the original blu-ray it looks like i'm trying to convince you to buy the look arrow i love Crim- i love crimson peak and i didn't buy the love original crimson Crimson Peak? I do. You know, this is mm. going to be a... Are you a Del Toro um, fanboy? I don't really like Del Toro, <gasps> so this is actually... Well, you're in Toronto. I'm Del Toro's going to come gonna bursting gonna through right the door. Now, Crimson Peak is my favorite Guillermo Del Toro What? Movie. No one has ever said that! Uh, <laughs> I, I just mean, said that. You know what my favorite uh, Guillermo Del Toro film is, right? Which one? Blade 2. Uh, I love Blade 2. I really like Blade 2. You're I'm nuts. Sorry. That's the I best like movie he's ever made. Blade 2. You're crazy. Nah. Uh, Blade 2 is my favorite. Yeah. I love... It's Gil- good. No, it's his best movie. I love uh, Mr. Crimson Peak. I love um, Guillermo del Toro as a person yeah, and as too. an academic. I only went to one of his Hitchcock things that he did because I could not afford it. Yeah, I went to a couple of them. Uh, All right, they Mr. Were money bags. Yeah, they were uh, very they expensive. Were like Thirty bucks. Or yeah. Something, yeah, and I won a ticket. That's how. I, and he just uh, okay. talks for like two hours afterwards. And they were great. They were yeah, great. They were I loved it. And so it's always disappointing when I see one of his movies and I'm like, I wish even Crimson Peak. Yeah. I wish it just went a little bit further. That's fair, yeah. yeah. There's a big machine that's obviously there just to crush yeah, heads and it yeah. crushes no heads. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I just love the. I like, it looks beautiful. Oh, it looks beautiful, yeah. And I don't know, it just... 
And he it thinks for me somehow. If you listen I didn't to really something to, like so. the commentary for Hellboy 2, like he thinks about his movies in yeah. very uh, abstract ways and mm-hmm. like just symbolism that you would never think about, and yeah. it's all in there. It's just I, I I can't quite pinpoint like why I don't like them more. Like no, it's just I feel like the same way. I appre- I've seen like every single one of his movies. Of course, I will always go, and I appreciate yeah, like, the hell out of them. But I bought never, that Mimic director's yeah, cut when it came like, out. Even Mimic, you know, and I, there's something like even with Pan's Labyrinth, mm. something like that. It just like it's beautiful. I can see, appreciate the art. Yeah. But it just doesn't connect with me. Why don't I love Pacific Rim? I I should love Pacific Rim. You know what I like better than Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim 2. Yeah. Which is actually more fun. (laughs) And my friends actually agree with me. And the hate for it is so like untethered from what's in yeah. the movie that it's just like there's not Guillermo del Toro it's, even Pan's Labyrinth I'm like eh it just it just okay. doesn't quite work yeah. no I agree or Kronos I agree. and uh, I actually like I like Devil's yeah. Backbone same thing for me it just, just felt like Pan's yeah. Labyrinth they're no Blade 2s <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna convince you that yeah. Blade Two is his best. I movie. do like Mimic though. You know, okay. thinking back on Mimic, like Mimic. See, I like those like more straighter. Do you know why Mimic ones. is fun? Is Robert Rodriguez came yeah, in and did the reshoots <laughs> on. Uh... Yeah. All right, well, we had here. an awful time on Mimic. Guillermo Del Toro. Oh, an too. awful time. Read, yeah, uh, damn, but it, dirty pictures. It's kind of yeah. amazing yeah. that um, he was able to do a director's cut. Yeah, which is I think long out of print. I actually though. haven't. Seen, no, we still have it. Oh, you still have it for sale? Yep. Because usually, if you go for the Blu-ray, all they have is the theatrical cut, and I think the the theatrical cut got re-released on Blu-ray. I think, actually, right now, mm-hmm. the only way you can get on Blu-ray, you, it just comes as the director's cut. So I don't know if they still the do DVD it. The DVD is the theatrical, the, it's a theatrical cut. Yeah, yeah, there's no exactly. director's cut on DVD. Okay. The Blu-ray is just the director's cut now. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we're here to sell Crimson Peak. It just came yeah, out on I Arrow. Mean, Crimson Peak came out on Arrow. It did come out a year ago in like a really limited set that we didn't even get copies of. Yeah. Was, so... It's out again. Same thing. They just don't have the book anymore. But you know what a great movie is? Yeah. Mimic Three Sentinel, directed by J.T. <laughs> Petty. I haven't Petty. seen the Mimic sequels. I need to get on. This, you like J.T. Petty? I know. I do like him. And so, that one yeah. is his rear window where there's a cockroach living yeah, in another no, I've building. Heard good things. Yeah. So I in get the on Miramax that. Bulgarian oh. or era or dimension, <laughs> dimension uh, horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah where yeah. they kept making like Hellraiser and stuff like that. Yeah. All right, but back to um, the Dead Center. Buy yeah. if you don't have Crimson Peak, come and buy it. Yeah, it's video. great. Yeah, Mark's favorite Del Toro film. Best Del. Okay. Uh, I mean, he'd probably agree. He'd be like, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Maybe I could be friends with him. Because <laughs> he's the only person that yeah, genuinely yeah. is like, you know what? People really didn't give Grimson Peak, Grimson Peak the uh, He's like, oh, thank you, Mark. I'm so, not going to try to do an accent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what other movies do you like of mine? And you're like, uh, Shape of Water, mimic. big fan of that one. Yeah. <laughs> mimic. mimic. Uh, more the theatrical cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't really like It needs that it. Rodriguez flavor. Yeah. <laughs> do you know Steven Soderbergh did a, a big rewrite on Mimic? Yeah. And that yeah. they used none of his scripts. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dead Center, this is a film that stars Shane uh, Carruth, yeah. who I love. Great director, director of Primer, Primer, Upstream Color. Which, if you guys haven't seen those movies, check them out. Especially yeah. Upstream Color, yeah. which I feel didn't get enough attention. Yeah. And then you, uh, he stars in it. It's directed by another fellow. Yeah. Uh, I Billy don't. Sinise yes. or Sinesse, I don't know how to. Is Gary <laughs> Son Sinise? of Gary no, Sinise. No, definitely different spelling. And it, uh, but it does feel like a Shane Carruth film. It does. You yeah. can see why he produced it. Mm-hmm. You can see why he's so committed to it. He's yeah. the lead in it. It has that kind of. 
I don't know, existential. Yeah, it kind of like, feels. It feels like, like a Japanese horror film to it a little bit yeah. too. That it feels like a Kiyoshi yeah, Kurosawa like totally, Pulse totally. or yep. like Cure or something yeah. like that. And Arrow, even though this is a new movie, they kind of treated it like uh, like a retrospective release. Yeah, there's like a new making of. I watched yesterday where it's like the whole cast and crew walk around the location. Oh, and they're cool. like, oh, I haven't been here in that long. And I'm like, you shot this movie a year ago. Yeah. And they talk about their experience and stuff, like commentaries. There's a bunch of radio shows that the director made oh, okay, uh, cool. that are included on the disc, even a little booklet. Yeah. Uh, so. No, they do a great job like every once in a while they'll put it because they are a distribution company mm. in the UK and they put it yeah. in new movies um, but and they don't often rarely do it yeah but every once in a while they do so. yep so if you like uh, Shane Carruth who someone shared an article online that he said I'm retiring I'm stopping doing movies yeah, yeah which that. is such a bummer I know Ugh. I heard that he had some like crazy script that he wanted to make yeah atopiary like, yeah he was described like there was a Pokemon references yeah going on well there was there another movie yeah. that he was supposed to make and I thought they were shooting they had a cast it was mm-hmm. like Keanu Reeves and stuff like that right, yeah, it was like called too. The Great Ship or something like that yeah. and supposedly that fell through and I think it's that burned him so badly that he's like I just don't want to make movies anymore he's just got really yeah. experimental ideas that don't translate <laughs> they're so good I, know, I love it and obviously he can make them for cheap so people oh don't God. need to give him that Fiber much money he's like one of the coolest low budget and he and he's friends with all these like, famous people like yeah, uh, yeah. like Steven Soderbergh yeah. in the commentary for Ocean's 12 is like oh yeah I asked Shane like if he had yeah. any tips or the classic Ryan Johnson story which mm-hmm. is like I asked Shane Carruth for this looper uh, script to go over yeah. I'm sure Shane Carruth went this makes no sense <laughs> there's nothing I can do with this yeah exactly okay we're uh, running a little late yeah, we and we to need to actually so. open yeah, <laughs> the store <laughs> we got too far into the kazoo I know, right? But we do have a contest. Yes, uh, let's give away some stuff. So if you come, or if you just write on the social post, yep. or if you just or call, just call us, or you just show in, up at the store, you could uh, get a copy of either Drive-In Discs Volume 1, which is The Screaming Skull and The Giant Leeches, yep. which is an old Elite DVD. Yeah, which has been sitting in our drawers gathering <laughs> dust for years. Well, Elite so. was a company that used to be like on top. Yeah, they were like yeah. the arrow of their day. We also have a, co- a Blu-ray of Hounds of Love, yep, uh, which is... is when it came out, very popular. Yep, yep. And a copy of, <laughs> or multiple copies of, <laughs> multiple we're going to be copies. honest, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. This is the old, it's like they ported it's the, the two-disc DVD. Yeah. Before you get excited, like, you got the shout release two no. months early? No, no, this is the old. Sorry. But if you're like, you know, I don't need those shout special features. Yeah. And I just want Big Trouble in Little China on Blu-ray. And you know it has what? a it great commentary. Yeah. It's not like, and it looks good. It's not like mm. a bad release by any means. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then uh, we, I have a, um, this is you want to recommend this uh, yeah yeah I want to recommend this which is that for sale in the bargain bins at Bay Street Video right now is from John Woo director of Mission Impossible 2 set <laughs> which is the killer and hard boiled that's how it's marketed so this was an old Fox Lorber DVD oh god and I remember R- spending Fox Lorber I yeah. spent a lot of money on this yeah. probably a future shop to buy me and my brother split the discs yeah. we each owned a different one <laughs> and it's like it made us fall in love with the killer and hard boiled yeah. and these movies look like shit yeah, like they, they do not look, look good. good they look like a laser disc rip but you know if you want that aesthetic feel I know, if you don't want them all cleaned up off the Dragon Dynasty disc, which I think the Dragon Dynasty disc almost looked too good. Yeah. Because I think they did some like noise reduction that yeah, people actually did, complained about. Yeah, was controversial. So you can get and them. And those are out of print though too. So actually yeah. like. And they have different comments. That one doesn't have the John Woo commentary yeah. and this one does. Uh, and the 3D motion menus. I think the killer is like shooting <laughs> yeah, exactly, 3D right. bullets in the air. Beautiful. <laughs> $10 for both these films. So we had so much fun um, talking about our favorite Gimbal Toro films that we have to run because the yeah. store needs to open. Yeah. <laughs> 
So until next week, banging down the doors here. <laughs> that's right. Remember, no, Shocktober, no, come not. and say <laughs> it. Shocktober, yes. uh, and you'll get a free rental. Any movie in the store. Yeah. So until next week, my name's Justin Glue, and I'm Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. Thanks. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.